Good evening, UAPSA. This is Ray Michael Benjamin Peludan from UAPSA UC, your host for today's episode, episode 4 of UAPSA Litaan Season 3. The topic for this evening is Malay and Asian influence to Philippine architecture. Now, to spice things up a bit, we've called in two speakers for this episode, showcasing the architect's point of view, um, as well as the point of view of an architecture student. Now, our first guest that will be uh, introducing or representing the architect's point of view is an architect and cultural heritage professional. She graduated from her Bachelor's of Science in Architecture from the University of the Philippines in Mindanao in 2009. She took up her Master's in Urban and Cultural Heritage from the Melbourne School of Design. She's also finished the Design Summer School at the Tongji University in Shanghai, China in 2018. She's been a UAP North Davos chapter president from 2015 to 2016, a Blancasan chair for Area D in 2016, and editor of the Area D Committee of UAP Journal under the Commission on Professional Development 2019 to 2020. She's also a founding partner in Suito Design Architects and a member of ICOMOS Philippines, the International Council on Monuments and Sites. Welcome to Yab Salita and Architect Glory Rose. Matilia. For our second guest that will be representing the student's point of view, he is from the mysterious land of Tamaraus. He's a soon-to-be gra- architecture graduate from UAPSA FEU, where his thesis focused on the cultural heritage in the University of the Bangsamoro. He was also the former UAPSA chair for U- international affairs. He was also Mr. FEU in 2017, Mr. Area B in uh, 2018, as well as bagging Mr. UAPSA in, in 2018. Welcome to UAPSA Litaan, Katrick Mamalo. Yeah, thanks. Hello, everyone. Thank you for that introduction. Good evening, everyone. Good evening, <laughs> Architect Glory, Ray, and everyone behind this. You have said it, and thanks for inviting us to this engagement. Again, it's like we will be this. The topic for this evening is Malay and Asian influence the Philippine architecture. Um, uh, we will be showcasing their different point of views as usual, uh, different point of views from the architect's point of view and the student's point of view. We are very curious to how these differ from one another, if ever they do differ at all, since we're, again, we're all studying the same thing. We're also studying architecture. I'd like to ask the opening questions. Um, in what way has Malay and Asian culture affected our own architecture? That question is very interesting. So before I really answer the question as to uh, in what way this, two, this architecture has affected the Philippine architecture, I'd like to clarify that Malay and Asian is a totally different architectural style. Um, by that I mean is that Asian architecture is a larger style, while Malay is part of Asian architectural style. I'd like to clear that out. So Asian architecture have different kinds of diverse architecture. We have the architecture of East Asia, which is China areas and some parts of Mongolia, uh, yan, and then we also have uh, we also have the Chinese and the Korean architecture as well as the Jap- Japanese architecture. We also have Mid Asia, which we can find here: the Indian architecture, the um, Indian Bangladesh, and uh, those architecture which are found in East Asia. And we also have the the Southeast Asian architecture, which is now uh, commonly known as the Malay architecture. It's very diverse, and these kinds of architecture are totally different from each other, although they have certain similarities. So uh, when we talk about Malay architecture, it's really about uh, the architecture that we can see in Southeast Asian portions, like for example, Indonesia, Malaysia, uh, some parts of Singapore in the Philippines, um, they're very close to the Pacific Islanders area. 
but the Pacific Islanders area, which is um, uh, yung Samoa, you know, malapit sa Australia na mga Pacific Islanders, their architecture mm-hmm. is also like a divide of the what we see of the Aborigines architecture and the Malay architecture. So there's also kind of a, a marriage as well. So this kinds of architecture, um, Asia and the more uh, detailed subgroup have uh, have really influenced us in, in the Filipino architecture point of view. No? So how they influence us is not really... Um, them influencing us, but it, but it's because of the history that we are in. Um, actually, I we're see. part of this larger group of Malay group in in historically, no? Historically, um, if you can see the Simporna Simporna Peninsula, that's uh, that's um, and uh, lower parts of Mindanao. Historically, isa siya na island group, and um, this island group is actually very has a very long historical. A relationship with our East Asian neighbors. So the influence is not really them influencing us. It is influenced because of the relationship that relationship that was happening that time during the trade routes time. Um, very, very, very ancient times, even before the Galleon trade times, no. So uh, that kind of uh, that kind of trade influenced architecture it's a, is in the course of history. And mm-hmm. um and that is why we are part of the Malay, quote unquote, Malay kind of architecture. But we are also part of, quote unquote, part of the East Asian architecture influence. Because uh-huh. so, uh, um, especially in the Mindanao areas, um, so not so much in the upper part of the Philippines. Because also, I have to clear this out before I continue. We have different influences in terms of pre-colonial architecture, in terms of our different island groups. If you if you could notice the different indigenous indigenous vernacular styles styles in uh, upper part of Luzon and in in the in Visayas and in Mindanao, it's uh, it is totally different because of course of the location and of course the influences that they're in. Um, specifically in the areas of Mindanao. There was a good relationship with East Asia in China, and um, in fact, uh, there are studies or references that that could say that Islam was brought by one of the traders, or no, no, the one of the generals that came from China. You no, know? so there, there's that kind of there. There is that certain study in one book. Really, you no, know, the influence. Going back to the influence is that. There's different kinds of influences and different kinds of how they have evolved in time, and. Um, how it has affected us is that it, it really has affected the the kinds of details, the kinds of details and the kinds of of vernacular styles that we have in the Philippines. And I will uh, I will start by saying we have four of uh, ways you can see, and I really? will call that the I O N ways. <laughs> the I O N T I know T I O N ways. Sean. So ah, okay. Is elevation. Uh, so mm-hmm. I N uh, the elevation and the Next is the orientation, mm-hmm. and next is the or- ornamentation, no, and the last is the location. So, uh, uh, last is the uh, the fourth is the location, and last is the ventilation. So these are the the thing. These are the ways that you can see the influences of how relationships of trades can influence uh, architecture in terms of our relationship with our with our East Asian friends and our Southeast Asian friends. And that is a, the, the Malay term is a general term. It's uh-uh. it's really not an influence, but it's it's really the us before, you know, before we become the evolution of Filipino architecture because of our hybrid um, connections, because we became hybrid 
due to the connections of our colonial past. Diba? So am I making sense? Do you understand what I'm saying? Parang, yeah, I think it's you know, it's yeah, a really complicated actually. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. I will I will deal with I will talk about more on the uh, four uh, five IONs later as we go along with the podcast. So I'd like to hear also uh um <laughs> Katrix's ideas. Thanks for that. All right. Thank you very much, ma'am. It's like you did touch up on, on a lot of details there. And again, it's like you did uh, show exactly what's the, what actually those terms mean, like Malay and, and Asian influences. And yeah, it's like it's not just something really simple. You can't just say that it's, it's completely one thing. It's like it's just a melting pot of everything. And, and uh, it actually shows so many differences between how we took in those influences. For Katrick, what are the more prominent features that buildings made with these influences have? Um, what are the distinguishing characteristics, if you will? I think Ma'am touched on that. Can you please expand on it? Yeah, uh, well, before I start, I, I, am, I just want to say that I'm very excited to know more about the, the five ways that uh, Architect Glory has mentioned. Oh, okay. The TIONs, yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, well, going back to the question, uh, one of the prominent features that buildings made with these uh, influences would be for me the Okir art. It is the geometric and ornamental patterns that are usually found in Mindanao and other parts of Southeast Asia. And if you're familiar with Torogan, the royal house of Maranaos in Lanao, Okir mm-hmm. art is incorporated in its details, like on its panolongs, it's the, uh, the, it's the name of the, of the wooden uh, protruded beam. And in that protruded beam, there is Naga. It is a serpent creature. And it is also fam- an, a famous architectural ornament in Mindanao, Indonesia, Malaysia, and, uh, uh, well, basically the, the Malay region. So mm-hmm. for me, that, that is uh, one of the most prominent features that Billy's made with uh, these influences. Actually, yeah, it's like that's, that is very interesting. It's like I, I haven't seen those yet. But uh, going back to this, um, architect Glory, can you please expound or you know, like, uh, can you please expand uh, on the TION, the, yeah, the four pillars? So, yeah. Thanks, no. I'm I'm really glad that Katrick mentioned about the panolongs and the okir, the niaga, naga, okir, and the pako and okir. No, they're they're part of the end beam of the torogan and also part of the ornamentation. As I mentioned, that's one part of the detail mm-hmm. uh, ornamentation of that is quite uh significantly similar with the other ornamentations of, of, of our Malay neighbor, uh, of our neighbors in Southeast Asia, as well as East, East Asia. So first I'll talk about um, why I think that it, is, it has a relationship with East Asia. No? So when I went to Shanghai, na, uh, I saw the similar similarity of the Okir with the ornamentation of the traditional houses of China. However, uh, very interestingly, the Okir is uh, being uh, contextualized to our locality um, oh. first because of first because of uh, of the context of a Moro Moro indigenous tribe uh, before they were Islamized no and the second is because of the uh, bec- because of the influence of uh, Muslim culture no uh, it is very interesting how it has been contextualized and it's quite different from the ornamentation of East Asia but quite similar you know. That's how interesting a culture is. Parang when it comes to a region, it becomes the locality's architectural style. But 
it has a relationship with other styles as well in, in, this, in the neighboring. You know? So talking about ornamentation uh, still, when we visit Indonesia, there is also this kind of, and I agree with Kedrick that uh, the, our Malay, uh, Malay region has the same styles. Uh, no? So we, they, they, in fact, they evolved it in the Manok Manok, in the part of the crown the Trogon has like an end beam as well in the roof part, like the apex part. You can also see that kind of ornamentation is protruding. And you can also see that in other Malay houses as well. No, I So uh, quite interestingly, it is also in the in some of the houses of the of the Pacific Islanders. Now, the, uh, the question is that this did not specifically say about Pacific Islanders. But if you go mm-hmm. to the Pacific Islanders areas like... Um, um, Port Mosby, for example, no? similar din yung mga ornamentations nila. So I think that's a very interesting note that um, that that was mentioned by our uh, by by Kidrick. And the other ION, uh, by the way, is the ventilation. So this is also quite similar with our um, uh, similar Malay neighbors. No, but would have would, would neighbors would have ma- that has Malay influences as well. So you can see that first, um, you windows or the openings are very huge and the air they have uh three kinds of openings you have openings at the bottom and the, the center and the top so and and also they have openings at the um roof you know, gable end um which yes. is very quite practical because we are a very hot region very near the, the equator so diba? so that yes, the flow is. of the air is very similar to our different uh, vernacular stars and vernacular areas as well in the Southeast Asian region. And sometimes it can be in parts of the lower parts of, of East Asia as well. No? So, and also in the, the neighbor countries in the Pacific Islands. The next one is um, talking about uh, elevation. So if, if, we, if, if you check the other Malay houses as well in other, other countries, they are also on stilts. And it's, very, it's a very practical thing as well because they're also uh, flood-prone areas. And functionality-wise, they also put their stocks, livestock and um, uh, storage areas there. You know, farming, farming implements and mm-hmm. at the bottom, the ground floor and the living area is at the top, which is a very practical thing when you're living in, in, in Southeast Asia because it's a farming area and the, the main, uh, the main um, livelihood for the community is farming as well as mining, as well as, you know, it, it, anything related to the natural, natural resources. Right? So uh, quite interestingly, um, but quite interestingly as well is, is the fact that we also li- is, is, we're also an island mm-hmm. and um, we're near the sea. So those specific houses that are near the sea have that certain elevation as well. Um, specifically the Sama Bajau de Laot before they were, you know, um, uh, when they were uh, pushed back to the land, no? Um, mm-hmm. They have, their, their elevation are on stilts and just as the same, they're, they're, the living spaces are up, up or um, you know, we, we, uh, we, they have a different t- typology, but quite interesting as well. It, uh, but that's for another podcast. And um, <laughs> the next one is the location. So as you may no- notice, the, the, different, uh, the different typology of the houses of the different vernacular architecture is different from if you're a houseboat. Because if you notice the Indonesian, uh, Indonesian Malaysian or, or Malay re- regions, uh, countries in the Malay regions also have a houseboat. And yeah. we also have a houseboat. We had Lipa with a balangay, and they, we even have a houseboat uh, festival uh, 
uh, in the Samporna Peninsula areas, no? And then we have a houseboat, we have houses near the sea, and we have houses in the mountains. So the location is, is this detail is very similar with the, the, the uh, our neighbors, no? And um, so we have ornamentation, we have ventilation, we have, we have elevation and we have the location. So did I miss any Sean? <laughs> no, I think you got it there. <laughs> okay. so, uh, yeah, I think that's it for this question. So um, <laughs> these are the prominent features that I think that are, are similar. Uh, and uh, they're, they're, I would say influence because we're influencing each other here in, in because we're in the same region. Uh, just as they have influenced us, they have, we, they have also been influenced by, by our styles. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, okay, so it was really a give it back and forth. It's like they influence yeah. us and we influence them. So yeah. it turned out to, to, some, to be something much more unique in a way. It's not just a, it's not just a style of one. It's an, uh, a mixture of both styles now. Yeah, so, sorry, Michael. I need to go back to my answer because I missed the Sean, which is orientation. Ah, okay, go ahead. Go ahead. The orientation is that if you notice these houses, they're always uh, their front yard is always at the Sidlakan or the sunrise, and it's a very functional uh, aspect because sunrise means that you, if 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 the sun rises where you are, where you're facing, so you can really wake up early. And they are farmers, you have to wake up early, they have to do their thing, they agriculturally, you know. So it's it's functional as well as it's also intangible because most of our vernacular styles have, is very, um, has a marriage with the rituals, you know. Uh, not so mm -hmm. much in the Moro styles, but for the other indigenous uh, cultural communities. It's it's a marriage with the rituals. It always has a rituals before it before it gets natatayo uh, siya before uh, someone uh, before the community goes in and lives in that space. It's always related to the rituals, and the rituals would always say the house should face the east. No. Oh so, yeah. Yeah. It's okay. like I remember they, they they do have those beliefs right there. Yeah. Yeah. I think until now we do still, we do still practice some of those beliefs. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. it's like, Okay. But, well, it's really good. But following, it's like uh, now, uh, this will be a little bit more opinion-based. Um, Katrick, uh, among the stated char characteristics, what would you say is your favorite among them and why? Mm -hmm. Well, uh, Ray, I may sound repetitive, but something that would really relate to me and would most likely represent my personality would be the panolang again of the uh, Oregon House. And it is because I, uh, I love narrating stories through arts which similarly is done through carvings and sculptures of Naga and Okir art on the protruded wooden beam. And back back to my thesis, there was a huge influence of Panolong in my university design proposal that mm. you can actually identify it almost everywhere in the campus. And uh, nevertheless, everything literary just has a huge place in my heart, and that is simply why. That's nice, though. I'm pretty sure it's like it, it, I, I've seen I've seen what you've presented, and it does look amazing. So thank you for that, Katrick. Architect Glory, I'd like to throw the question to you too. Um, among the stated characteristics that you've uh, said, you've said a lot. Honestly, you've said a lot. Later, it's like a lot. A lot of them all sound amazing. <laughs> um, what would you say is your favorite, and why? This is completely up to you. This is your opinion. Yeah. Um. I, I can really understand Katrick's love for Panolong because when I first mm -hmm. also saw Panolong, it's like um, it became the, the love of my life. <laughs> <laughs> Not literally, but you know, architecturally. I, I really love 
uh, the okir and how it is composed mm -hmm. and different details, you know, and how the context of the okir, as well as the panolos, you know, the nyaga, nyaga and pako, and um, how it has married, it has made the torogan and even more uh, uh, built that is uh, the uh, how a royalty house. Uh, that is more of a royalty because of that. So no, it is becomes significant, and that, that is the reason why it became a natural treasure. And I really understand why Kitrick really loves this as well. I also like it, but uh, <laughs> I also like it. But <laughs> thanks uh, for defending me, architect. <laughs> yeah, it's really nice, the ba? Yung I can. I, I would say yeah, yeah, as well yeah, yeah. that I um. It's very fancy. Um, yeah, it's very fancy, and it makes the it's it makes um our architecture, you know, it makes us love uh, our identity uh, as uh, as in our pre-colonial identity. No, it's it's a forerunner of how we can love our cultural identity, our pre-colonial identity, because, you know, it's it tells us na, ay, you know, hindi lang pala tayo flimsy, hindi lang pala tayo, you know, that, because we've always, always been told na, 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 you know, uh, our houses were flimsy, and so we were saved by the 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 colon uh, our pre-colonial past, uh, our colonial past. No, Spanish came, they saved us, they saved our architecture. Well, and then we see the Torogan, and it was like, oh, really? We have that even before it's it's it it opens our mind, and we, because of that, I would really also say that um, that's my favorite as well. Um, the okir specifically uh, is my favorite uh, ornamentation detail of 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 these uh, of this architecture characteristics because of the very reason that um, I don't know uh, I'll change my mind to uh, saying the drogan <laughs> the drogan uh -huh. as a whole is uh, is a, all of its characteristics is making us uh, is my favorite because first it has a okir. Mm -hmm. And it's a forerunner of the other architecture styles that you will see in the other architecture styles of so of the Moro architecture, and also its details characteristics all have the I O N, mm -hmm. and part and 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 in addition, it is very structurally stable. So you know that the Rogan, um, before someone lives in it, you, there is a carabao that uh, that you know, um, sort of goes through it. And if it, it gets broken by the carabao, um, mm -hmm. it will not be, it will not be lived on. So you have to, you have to change it. That, that's the historical way of making sure that the trogan is structurally stable. You know, if mm -hmm. you see the trogan, and I hope the, the audience are listening will, <laughs> uh, you know, you know, try to um, stretch the trogan. This is mentioned by Katrick, you know, um, and I'd like to mention it as well, that this is a very, interesting royalty house um it, it has the nyaga and the pako uh pa, pa, piako, okay, uh, uh, and beams no and then the queer is all over this this house um and also it's very structurally stable so it's earthquake resistant and the ventilation is good you know so i would say that is my favorite <laughs> and i hope you guys check it out as well so that you know that we don't that our architecture is more than what we have been taught in elementary years. We are more than, you know, that we are amazing and elegant and our ornamentation is has a his, has history um, and it's very amazing. 
we're more yeah. complex and unique. It's like I I can very much say that with how I yeah, listen to both really. of you. I, I have a feeling that our viewers would really appreciate that uh, there is so much more to our architecture than meets the eye and so much more to just Bahai Kubo because usually that's what we usually think na ano yung um, what's the usual uh, Philippine or what's the usual Philippine architecture but anyways thank you very much um, to our viewers at home if ever you if ever your professor asks you um, take note of their an- take note of their answers because apparent because these <laughs> these are very good very, very good points going on to the second question I'm going to be asking architect glory you're going to be first um, would you say buildings made through the various influences can still be considered as vernacular architecture? Oh, yeah, of course. Um, like I said, um, vernacular architecture is actually like uh, an architecture that is uh, that uses local materials and local knowledge. But of course, with the supervision of whoever is, you know, doing the architecture. And this this architecture is is locally made. It is local. It is been contextualized to use local materials and it's using the local knowledge of a craftsman so of mm-hmm. course it, this is um this is considered vernacular architecture so um once the architecture is contextualized it becomes vernacular however um that is a very tricky question as well because what, maybe we say what, what what about colonial architecture diba um so one of the ways that we have we have localized colonial architecture is the Bahay na Bato. It is an evolution of the Bahay Kubo, diba? Mm-hmm. Um, instead of put, uh, putting uh, wooden um, wooden parts, we put Bato because that's um, like an influence of our our Spanish uh, friends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. Um, it has become it has become vernacular, and I, I really believe that once it is using materials that are us, locally made, not you know it's it's vernacular. Um, but then again, it's a very tricky question because some of the academicians would say uh, vernacular before is not vernacular now. So yes. the vernacular now is the urban poor communities. Some would say that. Uh, what is vernacular before is gone. So, but then some academicians would debate on. Um, but still, there, there, there is the the pre-colonial architecture still exists, so it's still vernacular. So, this question uh, for me is very uh, interesting, but mm-hmm. it also poses a debate for cultural heritage professionals. So what is really vernacular architecture? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's yeah, it's it's very complicated. We recently had another speaker that spoke in regards to American vernacular, American yeah. uh, post. Wait, I think that's post-colonial. But anyways, it's like it's in terms of American vernacular architecture, and if ever we still consider those as Philippine Filipino vernacular architecture, so it's it's yeah. nice to hear. Uh, yes, yeah, ma'am. yeah, yeah. I I uh, let me answer that also. No, I really and I really uh, I really um uh think. No, that our architecture is an evolution of the different past that we have uh, gone through. Even if I promote pre-colonial architecture, um, I have come to the understanding now that our different evolutions is our architecture. So we first we have pre-colonial, and then the Spanish came, and then the Japanese came. And I know, I mean, the Americans, and then the Japanese came, and then we also have the East Asian influences as well as the Indian influences, and and we have the modern influences as well, which is 
uh, becoming uh, our architecture, you know, there is really no um, one size fits all when it comes to architecture. Because architecture is evolution. It is also it, it is also a relationship uh, with the different uh, history and the different people and countries and different natures that we have encountered, diba? Right? Mm-hmm. It's not just one. So right now, the architecture that is going to evolve is because we have a relationship, for example, with the pandemic. And also we have the relationship with this the, uh, last month's very huge typhoon. So uh, that kind of, we have to open our minds that it's, it, it's architecture is not as, as easy as it may look, and, and we have to accept that we have been experiencing that we ha- our experiences both ba- um, good and bad. Um, uh, it may be painful or it may be happy, just like just like our experiences in a relationship. It's also the same with architecture, you know. That <laughs> yes, makes ma'am. us. You know, that makes us. Thank you very much, ma'am, for your answer. It's like I do appreciate that there are actually people that in support in this because there are a lot of dissenters. Not in, but anyways, I'd like to throw the question to you too as well, Katrick. Ray, I would say yes. Uh, influence, yet still pronounced as vernac- vernacular architecture, as long as it harnesses local building materials and reflective of Filipino culture and arts while still creating its own identity. And uh, as long as it does not entirely copy an existing architecture from somewhere else. So for example, since we all since we have already revolved around Tarogan and its components, Akir art may be found in Southeast Asia, for example. But Panolongs, the earlier mentioned uh, wooden beam carved with Akir mm-hmm. art can only be found in the Philippines. You can you can never find it uh, the Panolong you can you can you can't you can't find it in other uh, countries. It's only in the Ooh, Philippines. Oh really? Yes. Mm-hmm. And um yeah, but for the Okir art that uh, the, for the Okir art that is um, embellished in this panolong, uh, it's at is found somewhere else. Only the only the panolong is not. So another example would be the copies uh, the copies shell, shells which are used in fenestrations. Now uh, this material can only be found in the Philippines and is widely used in northern part of the Philippines. Mm-hmm. And uh, as long as an architecture meets the criteria that I know, oh, then it's considered as vernac- vernacular architecture. Mm-hmm. I see. Well, it's like yeah, that that is that is one that is a really good opinion because it's like even though we t- we do get influenced by these um, mm-hmm. well, well these influences, we actually add our own spin to it. Well, actually yeah. even yeah, it's like making more. It's like adding more to it, even yeah. if uh, not making it our own. Oh, yeah, that is a very good point. That's like, okay. Yeah, we, we always go the extra mile by uh, incorporating something that is really Filipino. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's like it actually adds, uh, that relates to us instead. It's like it, so that it'll, it'll be catered towards us. I think that's what I'm trying to say. Exactly, okay. yeah. I see, I see. All right. Thank you very much for the answer. Um, again, this will be the last question, but uh, we can have more follow-ups after this. Which building? This uh, this is uh, directed at you, Katrick. Which building would you say best showcases these influences on our our architecture? This Malay and Asian, yeah. I see. Uh, my pick for a building that best showcases these influences would be the provincial capital buildings of the provinces that compose the Bangsamoro Autonomous Region in Muslim Mindanao. Although yes. they now look contemporary, uh, they also look eclectic and less ornamented, but I would say that they still possess the qualities and textures 
of Asian and Malay influence speci specifically more than any building in the country does. So that, that for me are the buildings that best showcase those influences. Uh, wait, so so you so these buildings are still there now, right? It's like yeah, they're, they're it, actually it's, Yeah, uh -oh. it's uh, it's still being used. Those provincial capitals are still there. Uh, they are still being used by the uh, offices of the government. And uh, whenever you visit the Bangsamar region, you would you would really see the prominence of those qualities of those uh, of those uh, uh, architectural uh, architectural icons. I, I really do hope then that uh, it uh, it uh, it gets more uh, it gets more um, it's shown to more people. I'm like so they could at mm. least appreciate our own architecture because we already yes. see that nowadays. So thank you very much, Katrick. Um, architect Lori, can I please uh, throw the question to you too? Really, uh, it's very interesting that uh, Katrick mentioned the capital because. No? Right now, I'm the consultant for the Bangsamoro region um, architecture, so um, I would agree with that as well. But uh, sadly, we are trying to um, revive that because the other the other Bangsamoro uh, current modern buildings are, are are not reflective of that architecture anymore. So I see. Uh, uh, it's a very sensitive topic, but. Um, um, that's why uh, we were uh, we were put on board to uh, to revive that sense of architectural style that are present before uh, with the other uh, architectural styles in the uh, uh, buildings of the Bangsamoro before. Um, another one as well is the Aga Khan Museum found in Marawi, but uh, which was not which not included during the stage is very beautiful. Uh, museum as well inside MSU. So you, um, um, that is also very reflective of, of the kind of Moro architecture. Um, but um, this is the Bangsamoro style of architecture. Uh, mm -hmm. It's specific to the Bangsamoro style uh, influence. You know what I mean? Um, it's different if you, if, it's it's specific to the Moro and the 13 tribes of the Moro. That's a specific style. Trogan is specific to the Moro as well. So it doesn't really uh, capsulate as well the other styles of the other regions of the Philippines. So what I'm saying is that uh, this is significant to the region of Mindanao, specific to the Bangsaboro style. But it may not be, um, if, if we're going to encapsulate the entire Mindanao style as well. So it, there, are, there, there are different kinds of vernacular architecture in Mindanao, not only the Moro style. So um, that one is significant, the capital and the Agakan, significant to the Moro style. Um, but um, what I'm saying is that the one that really encapsulates the styles of, for example, Mindanao, which is very diverse. It's very hard to showcase those influence in one building. So uh, um, I can't say which one, because I would say capital of Cotabato City, one that Patrick is mentioning is good, showcases the, the, the styles no, of influences. But this is specific, because ang ano, ang, ang, ang occur to the Bangsamoro Autonomous Region of Muslim Mindanao, and and I would want to be more sensitive to to them because they 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 really 
say that that is their specific architecture styles. We not we cannot really say that that this style is for everybody. No, um, this is the Moro style, and and in reflecting that in different parts of a country's building may not be appropriate enough because hindi siya nakakontextualize to the Moro uh, Moro architecture style, diba? You know what I'm saying? So, in other yeah. parts of the countries as well, uh, na-influence, ang, ang, for example, Manobo style or the Pakibato, uh, um, for example, uh, yeah, for example, Mandaya, Mandaya indigenous, uh, indigenous tribes who are, which, uh, who, who are found in Davao Oriental regions in Mati, uh, where the surfing is very prominent. No? You can also see that Mati has a, has a good has a, has a good museum that showcases the Mandaya style of architecture. And you might want to visit that as well. So, you know, um, and also possibly in um, areas like the zone where there, there is the, I, I cannot say kung meron ba sa, I, I'm, not a, I'm not an expert part of sa Luzon cultural communities in, 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 in uh, uh, where's but uh, so above ng Baguio. And I know you're more experts in that because you're from Luzon, but they have their own um, possibly school of building, build, uh, school of living traditions that would reflect also those styles. So um, because we are a region and we have different, we have 69 indigenous groups in the Philippines and not including those that are, uh, I don't know, uh, there is no one, no one building that best showcases all these styles, I would say. Mm -hmm. um, there is what there there are buildings that showcase a specific context style of a specific region, but um, it cannot showcase everything. It cannot showcase one building cannot just showcase everything um, mm -hmm. in one building because, like I said, uh, sensitivity, cultural sensitivity, is also very important, mm -hmm. and um, uh, and also contextualizing in the locality. Uh, point of view is very important. No? I, I just want to say one example. We're building the cultural hub of uh, Region 11 for Mindanao. It's like cultural center of the Philippines, pero sa Mindanao lang. And we were quite um, confused because we have to make a cultural center for Mindanao that encapsulates the entirety of Mindanao. But then Mindanao is very vast and very diverse. Uh, yes. We have to show the Moro styles, we have to show the indigenous or the Lumad styles, and we have to show the, the you know, the, the um, assimilated people like us, Visayas and Visayans, no? So, and oh, we hope we also have to show the, 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 the diaspora of, of culture, how it has evolved, how it has been pushed back to the top because of urbanization and development. It's a very, very confusing. So, and as well as we have to put the influences and the influences of East Asia and you know the Bibiaga, um, that was a very difficult um, thing to do to build to build, uh, to design a building that encapsulates this. And what really encapsulates that is um, so we we came to the conclusion that um, we would try. We try to to put everything there, but it it made the building the design very. Uh, how do you call that? Saksaksinagol. <laughs> how that's in Visayas, so where uh, everything is there, <laughs> but there the the significance is the significance is not. So we decided to think of what is the most important thing that interconnects this this intangible and tangible cultures. 
um, taking into consideration the building details showcase that you are mentioning right now and also the intangible. And um, we realized that what connects this is the natural heritage that they are in, no? The, the mountains that they're in, the lakes that where Lake Lanao is, um, is just a marriage of that intangible, intangible culture that is considered. So, uh, right, like I said, back to the question, um, mm -hmm. there is no one building that base best showcases this architecture in architecture of the Philippines because it's very difficult. But mm -hmm. if I could say that that showcases the Bangsamoro architecture, maybe the capital or Aga Khan, but I might get in trouble for saying this. <laughs> it's okay, it's your opinion topic. again. It's very much your opinion. Uh, a very sensitive topic sa, uh, ano, sa mm -hmm. Bangsamoro region oh, as well. I'm sorry, I see. Um, um, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting in the position of the, being a consultant uh, ar architect for the Bangsamoro. Mm -hmm. And um, so maybe I'll just be, I'll just say for the Bangsamoro, possibly capital, but for the Bangsamoro, maybe more of the Taroga na lang. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to go back to that na lang. Okay, I the see. Taroga na lang. And it, it really is the, I know, the, the most traditional one. The Taroga na lang. The Taroga will, will, will show Mindanao uh, and, and um, in history in relationship with East Asia and Malay. Malay. Thank you very much, uh, Architect uh, Glory Rose. Thank you very much, uh, Katrick. Um, would you like? Would you guys like to add anything towards our topic, the Malay and Asian influence? Mm. Uh, Ray, uh, I would just yes. like to uh, to defend what what um, Architect uh, Glory has said. Ah, uh, yes, uh, she's okay. right. Uh, there is really uh, there is almost nothing that best represents uh, Malay or or uh, Malay architecture in the southernmost part of the Philippines because almost every building, even those capitals that I mentioned, they are actually yeah. eclectic. Yeah. Only yeah. that some some um some parts of for example the Torogan, some parts of the Torogan are still there, are still embedded on the walls of those capitals, or capitals, provincial capitals. Only that it's not uh it doesn't look as um as Torogan as how it should be because it's it has become more modern, modernized and um, contemporary. And just to add, um, just to clear things out, Asian architecture, um, Malay influence specifically, is not limited to only Tarogans. There are still many vernacular architecture influenced by Asian and Malay designs, uh, just like what um, architect Lori has mentioned. And uh, it's just that only those Tarogans are almost its archetype, its paragon. And I'm very glad to know that Architect Glory is working on culturally reflective designs for the Bangsa model because I believe that this architecture style deserves mm -hmm. a global exposure because it's unique and endemic to the Philippines. And I can't wait. And I, I, I'll surely anticipate for it. We're, we're, we're getting ready for it. I really hope it does happen. Yeah. So thank you very much, Architect Glory. Thank you very much, Katrick. It's like you did, mm -hmm. you ha you've both made amazing, incredible points. You've uh, provided uh, wonderful insights, not just from a architecture point of view or a student's point of view. You have given us your own insights later 
you have given us information that uh, for me it's like I'm I'm living here in Baguio City. It's like I have I've never really seen or heard of the style. But mm-hmm. it's like judging by how you guys talk about it, I would like to research even more more in depth into it because there is something deeper. There is something deeper to our mm-hmm. architecture than just what we see than just what we usually see. There is much more, especially yeah. in different regions. So thank you very much. We'd, we'd love to have you both. Um, each of you, of course. It's like, uh, love to have you both on, an, on a future episode, a future episode or even a webinar, a webinar of you UAPSA or UAPSA Litaan. It's like, so I really hope we can count on you guys on, in the future. Yeah, yeah. Let's bring that on. I'd like to thank... <laughs> Yes. I'd like to thank everyone um, for organizing this and for, for Michael for, for being a very nice moderator and also Katrick. Um, the future looks bright with you uh, as an architecture student having uh, a lichen and, 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 and having uh, this your, your direction to this, now this path. I can remember when I was still a student as well that this drive, the kind of drive that you have uh, is the same. And, and I hope that you will continue on with your passion for that and uh, for you, APSA, for you, up, uh, for APSA as well. I hope that you continue for to, to continue to have the passion to promote our architecture, not just our, our colonial architecture, but also our pre-colonial architecture. We have a lot and um, if you'd like to know more about this, we, all, we actually have a website called www.filipinaarchitect.com or a Facebook page called Filipina Architect. And we do have, um, uh, we, we, we post uh, always about pre-colonial architecture. So the different wow. kinds of Manobo one, you know, and you, you would like to, it's also in the website of the page. So if you'd like to know more about that and if you'd like to submit your your, your articles as well for the website and we would be very happy to to have you no so uh, we're we're try we're we're very happy that this kinds of uh, discourse is happening now for the students as well as the graduates of architecture and then hopefully like what Hedrick said um, we were very excited to make it happen that our Philippines will have culturally sensitive designs as well, reflective of our cultural heritage, really. And we're not going to be seeing those boxes anymore. <laughs> well, we love boxes as well. But, you know, it's very nice to have as uh, a culturally a cultural identity that when we when we arrive in our destinations in airports, we really see, oh, this is Philippines. Oh, mm-hmm. For example, this is Davao or this is Cebu or in Baguio, this is Baguio. And, we can say that it, we were pride in our hearts that our aesthetics, our architecture is is this. And because of you, uh, new generations of you know um, of architects in the future, well, you will pave the way for that kind of Philippines in the future. And I'm very positive for that. Thank you so much. Have a good night, everyone. Thank you very much, Architect Lori. Thank you very much, Katrick. And there you have it, guys. Your guests for today, um, Architect Lori Rose D. Matilla and Katrick Mamalo. There you have it. This ends our episode 4 of UAPSA Litaan Season 3. Make sure to follow UAPSA on their official social media accounts for Twitter and Instagram at UAPSA National and for our Facebook page, www.facebook.com forward slash UAPSA National. Also like our UAPSA official publication page, Haligi Publication at www.facebook.com forward slash Publication and subscribe to our YouTube channel, UAPSA TV. This is your host, Ray Michael Benjamin Peluden. 
Thank you very much.